Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. How are you? Your host here, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, tonight, we're going to break through the PFF scores. I'll uh, have John Costco here from PFF to do that with us. Uh, first things first, I do want to say to all the listeners, guys, uh, mad love yesterday as far as, you know, but look, this is what winning does, and I appreciate all the support. Guys, keep pushing the show. Keep recommending the show to friends. Um, it's a lot of fun to, recover, to cover the Cleveland Browns right now. It's crazy fun when you know that week in, week out, you have a chance at a W. So it's been a great ride. I appreciate all your guys' support. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Browns. Follow the personal account at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, you know, the ratings and reviews on iTunes, huge, 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 huge. Uh, we're recording a little bit, almost a halftime here in the Monday Night Game. Congratulations to Drew Brees. Freaking fantastic. It, just amazing, and obviously, you know, the NFL, they're really good at putting together these Disney moments. So his wife there with the kids, the whole nine. Pretty cool. Drew Brees, you know, mad props. Uh, John Costco here from uh, Pro Football Focus, obviously, you know, with a strong, strong, uh, you know, centric focus on the Cleveland Browns. John, uh, I always appreciate making this time, and I always love the little banter before show and after show about kids and crap like that. But uh, glad here we can uh, continue to make this weekly thing, buddy. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, always fun talking Browns football. I'm glad I can can make it work. Uh, tonight was a little bit later because the kids kept uh, kept waking up or not waking up, but just not going to sleep. And oh, can I? I need some th- water. And I'm I'm thirsty or I'm hungry or John just touched me. You know, stuff like that. So kid kid five four year old uh, typical stuff. Not going to sleep, but uh, made it made them get to get, finally get to bed. And, and asleep, and now I'm now I'm here talking Browns football with you. <laughs> and like I told John earlier, guys, uh, my girls now, which will be 12 and 11 in the coming months, I don't miss those days. I don't miss baby <laughs> days whatsoever. I just don't. Now it's so much cooler of grab your crap, and I'll take you wherever you want, be ready to go in 10 minutes. So it's a lot more fun that way. John will get there one day, and he'll understand. One day. <laughs> John, we're going to jump right into this here. Uh, Baker Mayfield, it went from week one, the tie with the Steelers, for me, in my opinion, of we're not playing the right quarterback. And now here we are, week five, to Baker Mayfield is the best offensive player on the Cleveland Browns. Um, He's dealing with a lot of things, Uh, you know, a lot of drops, um, you know, dealing with guys he doesn't know so well because he didn't get the reps with the ones. Um, you see a guy like Derek Willies with a huge play yesterday. Um, as long as you're wearing an eligible number, Baker Mayfield, if you are somewhat open, is going to throw you the ball. So these guys got to be ready. And there's opportunities here with these drops that anybody on this roster, skill position-wise, you've got an opportunity here. And you may have an opportunity for years to come because it's always good to get yourself in good with a team's franchise quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think it was I think preseason kind of said that, hey, Baker is the better quarterback than Tyrod. And, and you know, I understand the, why Hugh Jackson was so adamant about starting Tyrod. You know, I get that. But when you saw them in preseason, outside of that first drive that Tyrod had uh, in that first preseason game where it, it looked like, all right, he can run this, this electric offense, um, he was not good, and then it carried on into regular season. Obviously, preseason, regular season is usually not like any type of correlation, but you got you, you just saw it how how the offense was stagnant with Tyrod in it. Baker came in there, 
always is, you know, outside of the, the Philadelphia Eagles game where that's, a you know, obviously a legit top five defense in the NFL. He, he was able to, to move the ball up and down the field, find open receivers. Uh, it didn't matter who he was throwing it to. Um, he had a connection with. Um, you know, and fast forward to now, and after week five of the NFL season, he's grading out at an 89.9, which is point one away from what we consider as like the elite level of playing, uh, you know, at a quarterback position. Uh, and he's grading as the fifth best quarterback in the NFL. And that's just through two and a half games, essentially, of his career. Uh, phenomenal, you know, work by him. Uh, and, you know, obviously we had him as our number one guy going into the draft and uh, really think that he's, he's somebody that can have, like, one of the best rookie seasons we've, we've ever graded. Um, he's obviously trending in that direction um, and obviously is a clear front runner for rookie of the year. Um, you know, he has just three touchdowns, three interceptions, but, you know, as we, uh, most people know, we have a grading scale, of pl- you know, from minus two to plus two in 0.5 increments. And then anytime that you have a uh, plus one or better or a minus one or worse, it's a big time throw or, you know, respectively turnover worthy throw. Baker has nine big time throws and just two turnover worthy throws. Uh, the three, t- you know, he has the, the just three touchdowns, three interceptions. So the numbers that are, you know, bearing out on the field don't really represent how good he's playing. And then obviously you look at, you know, a lot of the drops that he's had. He's, you know, he's obviously leading the NFL in, in drop rate. So, I mean, really, Browns have found their franchise quarterback. Um, it's been great so far. You know, I'm yet to see him, you know, have really struggled in the NFL, even, even so with the, uh, this game last week, this past weekend, it didn't, you know, only put 12 points on the board. You know, you can't really fault him for, for that, though. Well, and, and that was the thing. I mean, going in this, I didn't think this was going to go their way. I, I just did, you know, I, I felt Baltimore was strong enough defensively. And, you know, obviously, uh, I maybe have underestimated the Browns D here. You know, maybe I got a little lackadaisical after the poor effort with Oakland. But they were 100% on it this week. And, you know, those guys as a group, you know, young and all, really good players. And there's a lot of high picks on that defense. And these guys are just learning how to play together. And I think a lot of it is, is I know you're going to do what needs to be done. So I got to make damn sure I'm going to do what needs to be done. And that's what you're seeing from the defense. And this is what happens when you draft a franchise quarterback. Just give me a shot, even if it's a close game or it's one maybe we don't deserve to win. Just give me that shot. And that's what you saw with Baker yesterday. Um, you know, if you want to throw out a stupid play like running your sixth wide receiver on reverse late in the game with the game on the line, look, the coaching staff maybe has to get up here. And these skill guys, look, you got to realize you've got this dude here. And this is he's where this offense is trending. If you want to be a part of this, step up. The drops are inexcusable. David Najoku, as fantastic as you are, Baker Mayfield's going to get nervous to go to you in a gun in a big situation if these drops continue and these guys are just going to have to step up and realize that they're playing with one of the best and John is showing and I believe uh, the adjusted completion percentage for Baker Mayfield is close to 75. We're talking about a rookie through two and a half games doing this and the other thing is he's on the Cleveland Browns where it's been so piss poor and you've got a UDFA learning on the job at left tackle. It's amazing what this young guy is doing, and as great as Cleveland thought, they may uh, he may be even better than they thought.
but I do want to shift it over here. Um, John, I, I'm getting a lot of heat here. I do forget sometimes when I comment on a player on the Browns, if he may have went to Ohio State, it's going to bite me in the can a little bit. But look, Carlos <laughs> Hyde, look, week in, week out, and I will give him the Jets game and the birth of his child and all of that was a fantastic night. But here we are yet again. He's getting a ton of reps. Uh, he blew the one or two blocking assignments he had on Sunday, and he's given us 3.5 yards per carry, and I got better athletes behind him. We're better running backs, in my opinion. Is anything PFF-wise warrant the fact that Carlos Hyde is getting this bell cow status that he's kind of getting? No, not really. Um, <laughs> I, I don't – I mean – most of us at PFF wouldn't uh, subscribe to the bell cow status of any running back anyways. Um, because you look even at the if best... you lose them, it becomes that more harder for your team. So play everybody. So God forbid when a running back, because they never play 16 games, always have two, three ready to be a part of your offense. Yeah, and, and really the when it comes to the running game, um, it's that's more predicated on how your offensive line is performing. Obviously you need a running back that you know sees the – the right reads and has the good vision and the cuts and everything like that. Um, and then makes the most of the, of what his blockers do. Um, that's where the running game has to, to win. You know, with Carlos Hyde, this past game was actually pretty good. He averaged 3.6 yards after contact per carry when he averaged just 3.7 yards per carry. So he was getting hit in the backfield, uh, pretty much every single play. Uh, so, you know, this was his best game against the Ravens. So, and that's, you know, that showed in, in the grades uh, and in his stats as well. He broke five tackles. Um, and the thing is, is that the reason why um, uh, Nick Chubb isn't playing more, and we had, you know, alluded to this earlier in the season, was because that his pass protection was really bad. And he was really bad again in this game. Um, you know, for grade-wise, he's at a 5.5 out of on a 0 to 100 scale for pass pro. Which is obviously terrible. He had, he gave up another pressure on just two pass, uh, you know, pass protection plays in this game. So he's he's somebody that you just essentially cannot trust yet in pass pro. So that I, I completely understand why he's not getting more reps. Is that they think he's a liability in the pass game. Uh, Duke Johnson, though, there's no reason why he shouldn't be getting more carries. You saw what he did at the end of the game when they essentially they needed somebody to kind of like get them some yards. They gave it to him. It was almost Hopefully. kind of smart, though, because I think they were like, well, Duke is really fresh, and these guys have all played 65 minutes. And it was like, it was one, like, relevation. We're like, wow, maybe somebody, one coach said, hey, here's something we can do, because you get a lot of blunders with them. But and it was like, yeah, it was the brightest thing to do. Put your quickest running back in and let them have at it there late with a tired defense. Absolutely. And, he, and like you said, fresh legs, that was what I was, you know, today when I was, Kind of go, we were going over. I was doing the review and all 22 work on the game. And Duke Johnson was running the, the ball at the end of the game. I was like, man, he's, he looks really fresh. And it's like, that's well, that's because he's not getting the ball at all throughout the game. <laughs> yep. So, like, there's a reason. So, like, yeah, him getting the ball more often needs to happen. Um, I've, I miss it. I've essentially dropped him from my fantasy leagues because, uh, well, for most of them, but I, I'm hanging on to him in just one. But because he's just not getting the ball. And hopefully, hopefully that'll change. He, you can trust him in pass pro. Uh, obviously, in the pass game, he's a you know he's a dual threat uh, running back that can get you yards on the ground and in the air. Obviously, so 
hopefully he gets more touches. I understand why Chubb isn't out there, and it's because he's bad in pass pro. Uh, he'll get there, but he's just not there yet. And um, I mean, his his when you give up pressure, if you're going to be staying into block, if you're, if you're giving up fifty percent time pressure, that's obviously not good. So. I think the thing with Duke is I think this franchise is having a problem where Duke was a really good player for them when they were never in any ball games. So now the question is, how do you game plan a guy who's good at what he does and he's good at his role? And a lot of teams would love to have a guy like Duke Johnson. But now they're playing games where they're even or they're playing games where they're ahead. And I don't think they truly understand how to fit Duke Johnson into this equation. Have that. That's a good point, though. I would I would argue that like you have obviously a different uh, offensive coordinator now, and the problem with I guess with Todd Haley, so he's to playing a bell cow running back that he's you know he's I think he said it last week it's like oh he, you know Carlos Hyde is a guy that you need to keep giving the ball to because the more he gets it the better he'll get. It's like uh, I mean obviously this is kind of like that's the whole notion of like well he's going to get a bunch of one and two and three yard runs and you know eventually he's going to break one it's like well that i mean all those other carries you're essentially you know throwing away points so you what you should do is be calling the optimal play which is usually passing it on first down passing it on second down and probably running it on third down and short that's that's the type of strategy you should be taking as opposed to going run run and then you have to set up baker for a third and long and have him bail you out so yeah well, and the other thing is, is with um, is with Carlos Hyde breaking it is twenty to twenty five yards. With Nick Chubb, Du Johnson breaking it is to the house. So <laughs> it's just interesting the way it plays out that way. And you know they're they're putting so much on the rookies' plate already. Uh, but guys, we do have a new sponsor here uh, with Locked On. Actually, they they are a returning sponsor. Um, that would be BlueChew.com. Uh, guys, remember when you were always ready, and remember when you know you weren't the guy that said I'm a little tired and I've got an early morning. Well, we've got something for you. There's a way to increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed that you need. Listen up, guys. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same. Uh, FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra, as Cialis. So, guys, you know, look, I mean, if you have to admit it and, and you got to go this route, do it because at the end of the day, you all like that. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so nobody knows. Uh, there's no in-person doctor visit. There's no waiting in a pharmacy. And best of all, there's no more awkwardness about it. They're made in the USA, and BlueChew.com prepare and ships discreet and direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special for you, all you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. That is BlueChew, B-L-U-C-H-E-W.com, promo code. Locked on to try it fee free, guys. You know, if if you need it, go ahead. John, we are going to go to the next segment now. We are going to go to this is what I want to get to. Rashard Higgins. This was a tough loss. 
and I got to be honest, that live read was a little bit tough. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That one's always a little weird. It really is. Um, But Rashard Higgins, um, he seems like he's kind of become like Baker's guy. You know, Jarvis is the one. They got the tight ends. They got the running backs. But it seems like Rashard and him have a great rapport going on. And this loss, you know, with this with the sprained MCL, you never get a grade or anything. You know, it's usually the general two to four, three to five. Who knows? But Rashard has been coming on in a big way. The, the play Sunday for the touchdown to him was just absolutely gorgeous, where he ran three to the right and you know short, you know short, uh, you know short slant, mid slant, deep slant. Is there enough here to overcome this? And look, even if you bring in Rashard Matthews, there's a lot of talk that may happen, but he's still got to learn the playbook. And there's a lot of other guys here. Is there guys to step up? Or, I mean, is this going to be, could this be a significant blow? Yeah, it's it's a tough one because uh, when you, obviously I understand the you know, after seeing uh, how Corey Coleman uh, was in in the locker room, and then obviously he's been cut by now two different teams and stuff like that. Why Just bring it back? He knows the playbook. Oh, yeah, he's, but, oh, I mean, bang for Corey. <laughs> I mean, I I loved him coming out of college, but and he has all the talent in the world, but he's a guy that obviously can't get out of his own way. Um, and then if you don't have the work ethic, you're not putting in the time and the effort and film study and and working, you know, perfecting your craft. Uh, all that talent just goes to waste. Doesn't doesn't matter. How good you are, you can't. If you can't run the right routes and, and be on the same page as the quarterback, I mean, doesn't matter if you run uh, four, you know, four two, uh, four three, whatever his speed is, and has all these other numbers. It doesn't really matter. So, um, you know, Higgins is another guy that I really like coming out of college because I thought he he uh, you know obviously he didn't have the measurables like Corey Coleman, but he ran really good routes. Um, had a really good understanding of, of the defenses that he was facing. He could um, he could you know use his uh, routes and stems and uh, against the leverage of the defense and stuff like that. And so now this is going to be a big blow because obviously you traded Josh Gordon too, um, and so you're going to be relying obviously on Jarvis Landry and Antonio Callaway, who's really kind of struggled this year outside of the one big play. Um, he's he's been you know suspect with his hands he you know has four official drafts by us um you can count you know you can probably call more than just the, the four drops if he said that he should have hung on to the football obviously like the the one on third i think it was third and 11 that he dropped on the on a on a hitch a deep hitch at about 11 yards um that technically was broken up by the by the defensive back he the guy hit his arm as he was trying to secure it um, but you know, that was a ball that he should have caught. Um, and so he did go down for like a negative in our system, even though the official stat is a, was a pass breakup, but, um, you know, things like that where he should have caught it. And then there was situations like he, he caught a, a slant on a, a, later play in the game, uh, that was pretty difficult catch for him to make. So he made it. So it's a concentration thing. The guy needs to, to, to really kind of step up without Higgins here. Um, and then I think Derek Willies really showed a lot of good in that game. Obviously, he had the, the three catches for 61 yards and um, the big play, uh, getting him down into close to field goal range and, and overtime. Um, that was, you know, that was huge. So hopefully he can, uh, you know, maybe step up and, and show more. 
Uh, definitely going to need to probably bring in another guy, like you said, Richard Matthews, um, somebody with experience. Uh, I don't know how much you can trust Rod Streeter. He, you know, obviously he's been here a couple of weeks, so maybe he's going to step up and he's going to learn the playbook. But I think I think what it is is you're going to see more. Uh, hopefully, you can see more Duke Johnson in the slot. Maybe that'll happen. Uh, maybe more more targets to Njoku. Uh, maybe more targets to Seth Valve. But we'll see. I mean, I think I think they have the tight ends that can do it. You know, with Fells, uh, and Joku and DeValve. Uh, so just maybe he's going to see more, a lot more 12 personnel um, out of the Browns, which is not a bad thing because uh, if you look at uh, our analytics crew has done a lot of numbers on this and um, the, uh, the most efficient offense uh, is when you have multiple tight ends out there uh, with one running back. So um, because teams go in there with a mindset, all right, they're going to be running the ball, you can utilize play action, off of that, or you can just straight pass it, and then you've got linebackers trying to cover um, the you know athletic tight ends, and it's usually a mismatch. Well, I would like to, you know, and I, I agree with you there, but I would also like to see whether it's a, you know, whether it's a Ratley or a Willies or an Antonio Callaway, use any one of those, two of those three wide receivers. You got David Najoku. You can form them however you are. Let's go with the Jarvis Landry. Duke Johnson in the backfield. Get creative here. You've got guys who can excel. So let's do some of that. Uh, you know, everyone, like, we all agreed that the the skill positions got deep. And we were all happy about that. But so let's start to just give some guys a little bit bigger piece of the pie. I mean, I'll tell you right now, if you lined up on a third and six and you were on the opposition, inside the opposition's 50, and this was a formation you came out with, it would be an automatic timeout. Just because everybody would be like, all right, I mean, because Duke and Jarvis are similar in that way. And it would just, the creativity, and this is what I want to see Todd Haley do. Match what you've got at your quarterback with Baker Mayfield. He can do it all. And we've seen how much he can take on his plate in two and a half games. Let's start to up the game to Baker's Baker Mayfield's level. So that's things I want to see. And look, Seth DeValve, look, if he's healthy, play the living daylights out of him. Absolutely. Because it gives you two freak athletic tight ends. But there's so much that can still be done. And even if you bring in Rashard Matthews, it's going to take him a week or so to learn the playbook. It's not like he's a plug-and-play guy. So it's just, I mean, there's guys here who can do what they're doing. I agree. And just to kind of mention about you how you want Landry in a backfield, he has lined up as yep, a, they started in the backfield show that. four yep. times. And he did it twice in this past game. He did it twice in the open game. So perhaps it's something that they're going to do more often. They threw it to him out of the out of the backfield. Um, Which was a, a big one. Over, yep. I think it was a, that was an, either an overtime or at the end of the break. No, it was overtime. Yep. That was a big one. All right. And then he failed to get out of bounds. That's right. So. Um, no, Luke Johnson a, should have blocked him out of bounds, not blocked for him. Yeah, right. So I, I mean, yeah, like you, it would have been nice to have an extra, extra timeout uh, or an extra down on that and in that situation there instead of having to settle for fifty-two yard field goal or whatever it was. But um, yeah, exactly. Maybe this will force them to be a little bit more creative with with their personnel packages, and that's always a good thing. Uh, all right, one other. We're going to flip it over here to the other side of the ball. Now, this secondary. Uh, we talked last week. Uh, you know, Terrence Mitchell had been a guy who was getting it done, but EJ Gaines came in, came in, first start, played lights out, and now you talk about a secondary with Jabril Peppers who graded out like he did, EJ Gaines who graded out like he did, Denzel Ward who's done what he's done, 
And Demarius Randall, who's been a foundational piece here for what they got him for, he's just stepped into a role they really need him to step into. This group, this, I mean, EJ Gaines on a one-year deal. Obviously, Demarius Randall needs a new contract. But right now, there's some lookings here, like, you know, with EJ Gaines, the way he showed in his first start, that maybe this could be a foursome, and then you build the rest around him. But a solid effort here. And I was really taken back because, you know, I, I went back to the Baltimore game the, the previous Sunday night, you know, at the Pittsburgh Steelers. These guys really, really got it done as a unit, and they looked pretty solid. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they have a lot of individual performances that are standing out, uh, and that's obviously great, but um, you're getting that from your, the whole team that's coming and rallying together because even in, even in these individual plays, you know, Denzel Ward still missed two tackles in this game. EJ Gaines missed three tackles in this game, and Joe Shorbert missed four tackles in this game. Obviously all terrible numbers. TJ Carey, another three tackles. They missed a ton of tackles in this game, which obviously cannot happen. But then you had guys rallying to it and to, to secure the, the tackle, obviously. Um, so they have things that, you know, even the guys that are standing out and playing extremely well in, in the game, they have, they, it could be even better if they would just make, the, make their tackles um, and just wrapping up. So, um, yeah, as a unit, this team is playing extremely well. There's, I, I keep being suspect that it's going to continue because a lot of their success is on – you know, creating turnovers. Uh, you obviously, you know, in that game against Baltimore, he drove down the length of the field and uh, a tip ball, and then Denzel Ward being opportunistic there, getting an interception at the one yard line, things like that. Which, um, you know, in the Pittsburgh game, the same types of things happen. Where where Denzel Ward, uh, one of them was an extremely good read by him, another was a tip ball. Um, obviously, that's being opportunistic, but that's not sustainable when it comes to playing good defense playing good defense is, is obviously being sound in your assignments and and you know making sure that obviously that the run is stopped and you're getting after the passer getting pressure on him and stopping on the back end and forcing the bad throws as opposed to getting lucky off of you know after getting your your throats run down or passed up and down the field and then getting lucky at the end so uh, you know I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about this unit right now because I don't, you know, turnovers is, you know, creating turnovers is not a stable statistic. So it could stop at any time. But enjoy it while it lasts. And you've got, obviously, Denzel Ward, Jabril Peppers, EJ Gaines, Demarius Randall all playing, you know, played really well this past weekend. Um, and that's what you need to have winning football is a, a, a secondary that's playing extremely well. Look, I mean, one guy that's playing the best, one of the best in the NFL is Joe Schobert, who has the second best coverage grade out of any position in the NFL. So hopefully he can continue that. The secondary can continue what they're doing, uh, breaking up passes and then creating those opportunities to, to get the turnovers. And yeah, John, with this secondary, uh, you see a lot of what these guys can do and they work together. Everybody's kind of on the same page and it's, look, this is the focal point from the front to the middle, to the back, everybody. And we, you know, when you get Jamie Collins and didn't grade out well, but was able to, to you know, produce well. And Joe Schobert, week in, week out, finds a way to put his little niche on this defense. And there's going to be missed tackles and there's things you got to clean up. But even with the missed tackles, only gave up nine points to a Baltimore Ravens offense that had kind of been humming a little bit. 
So it's definitely a, a fun thing. And look, and this is what we talk about when these guys learn to play together. They kind of have to learn how to win games. You know, Denzel Ward, whether you wanted to say, uh, you know, he prevented six points or nine points this past Sunday, you know, putting together a nice little defensive rookie of the year uh, you know, resume for himself. Uh, guys, you know, as long as I've taken over this podcast, people come to me for football advice. They ask fantasy advice. They ask football talk. They ask, most of the time, they ask betting advice. Look, I'm not great with it, but I will give you my opinion. Uh, sometimes my fantasy head gets into it. Sometimes my you know biases get into it. But who you bet on a football game with is almost as important as who you're betting on. That's why I always recommend to all these listeners, mybookie.com. They're simple. Um, they have been in the business for years. They have a great, great reviews online, and they are, their mobile site is simple and easy to use. I would only recommend a service that's been good to, uh, to my listeners, that's been good to me in the past. Guys, I tell you all the time, look, I, I don't bet a lot, but if I do, I use mybookie.com. And uh, about 11.55 yesterday, I was home alone, so I threw a couple bucks on the Cleveland Browns and was quickly returned with my bet. They have uh, in-game, live betting. Over, under on fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the business. My bookie is slammed with business currently. So the best thing for you guys to do is if you want to create an account with mybookie.com, go ahead and do it after 7 p.m. Eastern. They will give you a free $25 if you do that for them. That's how slammed they are. They will still initially match your depo- your initial deposit 100%. So do the math, $100, $200, do it after 7 p.m. Eastern. $225 in your account. Uh, there's a new uh, promo code with this, guys. Locked on. Capital L, capital O. Locked on 25. Visit MyBookie online today. Uh, MyBookie.com. M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com. MyBookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Uh, John, there's one other thing I want to hit on here before we get out of here. And now the defensive line, they, they did a better job this week. They were finally decided to realize that they were drowning Miles Garrett and Larry Ogunjobi in reps. And it showed up, obviously, in the Oakland game. But between Emmanuel Ogba slowly getting back to the form that he is, look, I, I mean, I don't know if we'll see him at 100% this year. I don't know if anybody does. But between him and Carl Davis and Chris Smith and Price... Are, are they trending to where they can at least buy Larry Ogunjobi? They can buy Miles Garrett enough blows where we don't have to get too nervous about whether or not they're whether they're sacrificing performance or grading, uh, you know, creating a greater worry of injury risk. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they can because you know these are NFL players, anyways. You look at Carl Davis as a guy that um, played, you know, three hundred some snaps for Baltimore last year. Um, you know, Brian Price, he's a guy that um, obviously doesn't have that much experience. He has only just 192 snaps in the NFL over the past couple of seasons. But um, I mean, these, it's not like they're completely liable that they're going to get uh, gashed by having them in there for, you know, a couple plays, a series or whatever it may be. So, um, you know, Miles Garrett played 77 out of 87 snaps in this game, um, of 70 snaps. So, Ogan Joby 676, so they definitely need the rest. You don't see, like we had talked about last week, where the, the elite players in the league, they're not playing that many snaps. They're, they're actually getting uh, uh, closer to 
um, like Von Miller and Khalil Mack. So it would be better if Miles can get there because you would essentially just get gassed. And well, it was uh, one of the most recent primetime game the Broncos had. Uh, I was against the Chiefs. I was watching yep. it. So um, I was, you know, paying attention to how they were using Von Miller. And this was like in crunch time where the Chiefs were driving down and they needed obviously stops, but it was a second down play. Von Miller was sitting on the sideline. He came in for the third down play, you know. So like, even in these final drives where it's the game decided drive, it's not like he was out there every single snap trying to get pressure. There's like, all right, we're going to give you a blow. You're going to get a rest. We're going to hopefully get a stop on third down, and then we'll put you out there, and hopefully you can wreak havoc on on the third down play. Um, that's how you know it'd be ideal to be able to do that. And I think you know Chris Smith is a guy that has played you know significant snaps in the NFL, and he's He's been a solid player. He's so far grading well this year with the Browns. Uh, you know, Anthony Zettel is another guy that uh, obviously had some seven sacks last year and was a good piece for the, the Lions, even though he was cut. These are guys that you can play for, you know, you know, 15% of the snaps in the game to give your your first-line guys breathers. So, I mean, I think, I think the defensive line is in a spot that they can do that. Um uh, it obviously depends on on Greg Williams and how he feels that he can trust them. If they're you know if they're missing their assignments and not executing them like he wants, then that's one thing. But in terms of grade, they're they're doing a decent job at least and not being complete liabilities when they are out there. And, and that's the thing, because um, you, you need to do enough. And I think they kind of get like we're just like all right, well let's ride these guys now here. But it's not about this season. It's about the next five seasons with a Miles and with a Larry Ogunjobi and a Gennard Avery and a Emmanuel Ogbot. You know, and this is you know, and look, it's not a finished product yet. But there's still now just you're going to have to fill in in the secondary. You're going to have to fill in with the defensive line. It's it's about you know just finding a couple more pieces, but don't burn out the pieces that are in house at this point. Yeah, exactly. It's that's exactly right. Um, you know, it's it's obviously you want obviously the goal this year is to win games and get to the playoffs and whatnot. But uh, long term wise, you you know you don't want to run your your first overall pick from 2017 into the ground and you know cause him to flame out or just just get overworked and get injury that way. So yeah. It, long-term and short-term, it's just better to, uh, in my opinion, to, uh, you know, give him a rest at least to not have, uh, you know, obviously at the end of the game, not to get gassed and just be so exhausted that you're not getting the pressures at the end of the game when you need to get pressure. Now, John, throw all the PFF stuff aside, throw all the grading aside. This five weeks, what it's been, what's it been like to watch this team and, you know, from 1-31 in 31, and, you know, coaching staff, none of that, throw it all out the window to see this team where it's at at 2-2-1, and 1-0-1 in the division. You know, just got a statement win against the Baltimore Baltimore Ravens franchise. You know, went bell-to-bell with the Steelers. It's got to be a lot of fun right now, no? Absolutely. And the reason why it's a lot of fun right now is because of Baker Mayfield. Because when you have a quarterback that can drive the football down the field, make timely throws with accuracy, make the right reads in the, t- the rhythm and the timing of the offense, it looks like an NFL product out there. And, you know, 
there's always it's always been my thing where like if only the Browns had a, an average quarterback, they'd be winning games or they'd be competitive and stuff like that. And it's been a long time since that that the Browns have been even an average quarterback. And you can go back to uh, 2014 when Brian Hoyer was was at, for a period of time was was doing well. Derek Anderson in 2007, and now finally you have actually a, like a quarterback that's a t- upper tier, you know, playing at an elite level, um, and it's just a lot of fun because the quarterback is making everything go, putting points on the board, putting getting yards on the board, uh, you know, just going up and down the field, and, and at any point in time, you know that they could, they could, ha- they could just put off, a, you know, run off a scoring drive, and it just has we haven't seen that in a while, and even. Um, it's just, it's just a lot of, yeah, it's just a lot of fun to be able to see a team with a franchise quarterback, you know, doing what things NFL teams look like. It, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure, and it's you using the word elite, and guys, that's the level he's playing at. And the defense, uh, it seems for the most part, you know, if you want to take out the Oakland game, they've been doing it as well. Um, hopefully that will be con- continue to be the fashion if the defense has done it four out of five games and Baker and his crew. Um, you know, the nicknames, the T-shirts, uh, all you Cleveland T-shirt guys have a blast with this because there's so many possibilities of what you can do with this stuff. Uh, but I do want to thank John Costco here, uh, you know, PFF Cleveland, obviously in Pro Football Focus as well, for his time here. Uh, go ahead, follow John, follow uh, PFF Cleveland guys. They're one of the top individual team accounts on Twitter. Keep go ahead and following them, guys, and uh, you know show some love where it uh, deserves because they do a lot of work and they bring a ton of info that helps guys like myself. Uh, go ahead, follow the show, like I mentioned earlier, the Locked On Browns account. Uh, DM me, follow me, whatever. Whether you hate something, if you want to yell at me about Carlos Hyde, guys, go ahead and do it. I'm all I'm here for it. Whatever, I'll take the shots. I don't care. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, guys, it has been a fun ride so far here through five weeks. Chargers are coming in this week, and look, you know uh, the LA Chargers. Oh my God, I said it right. The LA Chargers, you know, coming in. These guys can play. Philip Rivers, obviously the stout veteran that he is, and this is going to be another formidable test for this defense. It's going to be a formidable test for Baker Mayfield, Joey Bosa. If you want to take one more week off, that'd be fantastic. Yes, cool with it. Yes, I mean look. <laughs> Just come back to Ohio to hang out. Say hi to some friends. Go see your brother. Whatever you got to do. But if you need to take one more week, we're all cool with that. Uh, so, guys, uh, you know, we'll get to you tomorrow. We'll have Jake Burns. we got Crossover Wednesdays happening. Uh, we uh, Each week I'm going to sneak in a special feature. we got a fun one here coming this week where he'll be a once-a-month guest as well. And then we'll do the tailgate edition. But I appreciate everybody for the support. Uh, I'm enjoying every bit of this as much as you guys are. Let's go Browns, LGB on the LOB. We'll talk to you all tomorrow.